This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on this thought, beyond my world, beyond my world. We'll read from verses 14 through the end of the chapter. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reached not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand, but he that glorieth Let him glory in the Lord, for not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for just the wonderful uh, service that we've enjoyed thus far this morning and for all that has preceded this, this week in this great conference. We simply ask now, we gather as imperfect people Uh, graciously forgiven by you. And we pray as needy people that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the world is immense. When you consider all of the the very size geographically, when when you think of all the kinds of people, all the places, all the languages, it's just immense. And yet, God is able to love all of the world. Sometimes we pass over that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's become something that we hear so much that, that maybe we're not impacted as we should be about the sheer magnitude of that statement. He loves every color. He loves every ethnicity. He loves every culture, though vile as we are in culture. He loves every human being, past and present. He he loves the old man who walks the street of Japan, but he loves the little illiterate boy that has never known anything but the jungle in a dark part of Africa. The immensity of what God is able to do stuns me, and it is not something to be taken for granted or never considered, because when I think of how God loves the world, I think of how small I am. I don't just mean in my inability to be all places at once. I mean in my ability to care about things that are beyond this small three-foot circle 
that impacts me. Oh, I care if you do something to me. I care if the culture impacts me. I care about what impacts my life or my family's life. But God loves the world. And somehow our vision needs to be increased. We need to become immense. We need to be people who see beyond the circle of influence in our life. Paul was such a man. He was a man who was born in the area of Syria, but his world stretched from Asia Minor to Spain, from North Africa all the way up into Europe. Not because he was some jet-setting trendsetter, not because he was some business tycoon, but because he was a man who was saved by grace and called to preach the gospel, and he wanted to obey the command of the Lord and reach beyond his own world to a lost and dying world. He was a man who lived, the Bible says, beyond his measure, He was a man, the Bible says, who went to the regions beyond. And he was a man in some ways, right ways, who lived beyond his means. And what I want to challenge us with this morning is just this thought. May we endeavor with the Holy Spirit's help to live beyond ourselves. C.T. Studd said this, He is not the only man I quote, but he is a man I love to quote. Forward ever, backward never. In the song Mrs. Perkins sang, it had that line, is zeal abating. And oh, how common that can be in God's people. That we can accept the unbelievable as common, that we can come to a place in our lives where we feel like we have gone far enough, done more than others, given enough, been all that we can be, and and we can come to the place where we are satisfied with where we are. And Stud speaks into our lives and he reminds us of the, of the, the intent of the Word of God forward ever. I've been saved since 1975. That's not as long as some in this room, but longer than most. And many of you have been saved for 40 or 50 years, but in all of our hearts should beat this truth, I must move forward. I must go forward. I must be challenged this day to do more, but never to become apathetic, never to become complacent, I must move beyond where I am. Would you consider three simple thoughts with me this morning? Number one, the Apostle Paul was a man who lived beyond his measure. That's what he says in verse 14. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reach not unto you. Now let me explain what is going on there. The church at Corinth often had kind of an adversarial relationship with the Apostle Paul. And sometimes they accused him of perhaps being a dreamer, maybe having expectations 
too high, maybe demanding things that were unrealistic. And in essence, what they're saying to Paul is this, Paul, you talk about reaching the world with the gospel. You challenge us to give to reach the world. And don't you understand, Paul, that that's beyond your ability and beyond our ability? And I love how Paul answers them. I hear in it a little bit of sarcasm when he says, we reached you. Hey, listen, the world has always doubted the ability of the church to do what God asked them or commanded them to do. There were those who were quite sure that the message of Jesus Christ could only be effective in Jerusalem and the environs of Judea, for it was meant for the Jew only. It could never travel to Samaria, but it did. Well, you see, they're of the stock of Israel. There's some relationship there. Okay, we'll give you that one. But it could never travel to the Gentile world, but it did. It traveled to Antioch and to other cities. Well, it could never jump an ocean and get over to uh, Europe, but it did. And the Apostle Paul is saying to these people, listen, if you just count on the measure that I have, you're right, it can't be done. But if you pour the Holy Spirit into a man and a woman and into the, into the, the work of a church with the Spirit of God's help, yes, we can reach a lost world for Jesus Christ. And job number one of this conference is to pray that God will help us see not what we can do by our own measure or in our own strength, but what can be done in the measure of a Holy Spirit-filled individual and a Spirit-filled church. My Bible still says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God is able. Mr. Strong says that that just simply means to be possible. Listen, I'm here to tell you today that the world can be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is possible for the church to do what we have been called to do. It is possible for God to work in you, to witness to those around you, and to be part of reaching further than you can reach by yourself. We must stop limiting what God can do in us and in our church, pour the Spirit of God in, and we can go beyond our measure. Here's number two. Paul was the kind of man that reached beyond his borders. That's what he says in verse 16. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. One of the greatest political questions that our nation faces today is what do we do with those who are coming into our country both legally and illegally? And I think that's a question worth asking and considering, but it's not our business in our service this morning. I think what needs our attention is who can we get to leave our country and go to a world that is needy and dying without Jesus Christ? 
Paul was a man interested in reaching the regions beyond. Paul was saved around 42 AD. He spent some silent years in the desert being taught by Jesus himself, being taught by others. Around 46 AD, he began traveling the world preaching the gospel. And for the next 15 years of his life, he traveled by foot and by ship. He was supported by others, but also when needed, worked as a tent maker. He preached in cities and in villages, both in and out of season, much of his preaching out of season. He preached in Jerusalem and North Africa, Asia Minor, Greece, the islands of the Mediterranean, Italy, and even in the capital of the Roman Empire itself in Rome. I am convinced that had Paul had modern means of transportation, he would have by himself reached into every land known in the world of that day. He preached to Jews but he also preached to pagans. He preached to paupers, but he did not limit the message. He was willing to preach to kings. He preached to anyone that would listen. He preached when he was in chains and when he was free. I'm just saying he was a man that was willing to preach in the region beyond. There was no border. There was no barrier that could keep him out if it was the Lord's will that he would go in. He literally lived the Great Commission. In trying to understand that phrase, the regions beyond, I studied a number of commentators, and one of the commentators that I read said this, and I thought it was just one of the greatest definitions of the regions beyond. Still further. Just two words. Still further. What do you want to do, Paul? I want to go still further. Why, Paul? Because somewhere over there, there are those who have never heard that Jesus Christ can save them. He went to Rome. You would think that he'd been enamored with the the power of Rome and the culture of Rome, the church at Rome, but he went to Rome because he wanted to go still further. He wanted them to help him go to Spain. It was still further, still further, still further. Again, C.T. Studd, quote, some want to live within the sound of a church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Stud had that spirit. There is further to go. There are more to reach. There is more to be done. May we be guarded that our heart never comes to the place where our attitude is gone far enough. Given enough. Done enough. Cared enough. May it always be the passion of our heart still more, still further. I can give more. I can pray more. I can pray more sincerely. I can pray with more information. There is still further I can go. I can go further down this street. I can go further in my town. I can go further in this ministry. May we always have the spirit of the apostle in a region beyond where I am now. May we guard against complacency. How do we do it? I think one of the things we have to do 
is beg the Lord to let us see the world like he sees the world. The songwriter put it this way. Let me see this world, dear Lord, as though I were looking through your eyes. My eyes see my schedule. My eyes see my needs. My eyes see my hurts. My eyes see my expectations. Oh God, let me lift my eyes up and see what you see, and let me look on harvest fields that are white already to harvest, and let me enter in with you, understanding the urgency and the possibility of reaching this world. Lift up my eyes and let me see what you see. Then third, the Apostle Paul said not only... Let me go beyond my measure. Not only let me go to regions beyond, but God, help me to live beyond my means. I want to be careful when I say that. Look at verse 15. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged. The man who is preaching to you this morning might very well be the cheapest man who has ever walked the earth. I don't like spending what doesn't have to be spent, and I am careful about everything that I do spend. But I think as believers we must develop lavish hearts towards the Word of God. And you and I must understand that we must go beyond what is comfortable in our heart and go beyond uh, what is easy and convenient to be accomplished. And you and I must understand that faith promise is not some mystical number that God drops down into our hearts. Faith promise is a heart that is willing to be sacrificial. It is a heart that looks up and sees the needs of others and is willing to do without in their own life so that others might have needs met. I would challenge you to understand that giving in the Bible, the giving that is so loved by the Lord is sacrificial giving. God gave his only begotten son. You and I have children most, and we know the love in our heart for our children. And we know that they are the most precious stewardship that any of us have been allowed to have. I'll go beyond that and say, then we have grandchildren and we understand the bumper sticker that says, if I'd have known how good grandchildren were, I'd have had them first. <laughs> and we understand the sheer joy of our children. And God, who is a heart like our heart, gave His only begotten Son, 
Don't run over that and don't minimize it and don't get used to it. It's unusual. And can I remind you it was not only that God the Father gave His Son. Can I remind you that Jesus gave His life sacrificially for you and I and then you and I come along and somehow we must develop the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ and we must say we are willing to give and we are willing to give sacrificially and then God is able to make us abound by his grace and make us sufficient to do it God can give us grace to sacrifice. God can supply our need. All of those are missions thoughts and missions promises. But before they can be enacted, we must wrestle with our hearts and come to the place where we are willing to be sacrificial in our giving so that these young people can be enlarged by our faith and live beyond what they could ever do by themselves. Hey, when I say Paul lived beyond his means, you know why he could? Because the Philippians sacrificed. You know why Paul was able to live beyond his means? Because other churches in Macedonia and the church at Antioch and others in Asia, they sacrificed and people gave and 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 took from themselves and what they could do because there was something greater, something larger, and they gave, and Paul was enlarged. I'm saying to you that the Perkins family does not have of their own means a way to get to Pawpaw, New Guinea, set up shop there, and build an airplane, and minister to islands and places on that island that none can reach. They don't have the means, but we could enlarge them. I'm telling the Brubakers, they have no idea, well, I'm sure they have some idea how expensive it is to live out west. They don't have it. They can't rent a house or buy a house and rent a place and buy the books and buy the sound system and do this. They've got to be enlarged, and it's by us that they can be enlarged. The Minnicks to Australia, the Canavans to Ireland, this man in the jail ministry, and you and I must sacrifice so that they can be enlarged and live beyond their means. Too often, we lead our lives timidly, offering out of our abundance that which is convenient or that which is safe. And I'm telling you, we stand at a time of our existence and our history where timidity will not reach the world with the gospel. There must be courage. There must be sacrifice. There must be a willingness to set aside comfort and ease. Let me mention a young man 1904, a young man named William Borden graduated from a Chicago high school. 
You may not know his name, but you know his family name. If you're my age, you remember Elsie the cow, the Borden Dairy. Well, this is that Borden. And in 1904, when he graduated from high school, he was heir to the Borden Dairy. And by the way, you'd still want to be heir to the Borden money. His father and mother, for his graduation from high school gift, gave him a trip around the world. Typical, it's what we all do. And Borden traveled around the world, and Borden's father, his idea was, man, we're going to broaden his understanding of the world, his vision of the world. It will broaden him and help him in his business life. His mother, a believer, had taught him about the Lord, and he accepted the Lord as his Savior as a child. And on this world tour, chaperoned, of course, he was in Europe and Asia and and, uh, in the Middle East and all over the world. And instead of having his vision for business broadened, God gripped his heart. And he wrote home to his mother and dad, I'm going to give my life to prepare for the mission field. He came home and his father thought, well, you know, he'll work that silliness out of his heart. They sent him to Yale University. Don't advise that today. But they sent him to Yale University. When he got to Yale University, he and a couple of others uh, developed a program making sure that every student had an opportunity to hear the gospel. He would work the streets of those who were downtrodden, working through missions, leading people to Christ. But he also understood in those years that God wanted him to reach a certain group of people that he had seen on his travels, the Kanzu people who live in the area of Mongolia, the northern reaches of China. But an unusual thing, they spoke Arabic. They found, he was a journaler, they found in his Bible about that decision, this quote, say no to self, And yes to Jesus every time. What a quote. He graduated from school, kept his promise to go to the mission field. And as part of going to the mission field, he had to learn Arabic. And to learn Arabic, he made the decision to go to language school in Cairo, Egypt. 25 days after he arrived in Cairo and started his language training, he developed spinal meningitis. Less than 30 days after he developed spinal meningitis, he died in a Cairo hospital. Oh, there were those who pronounced, what a waste! What a waste of a life. What opportunity squandered. He could have been a tycoon. He could have been wealthy. He could have been so much that the world would have applauded. And again, he was a journaler. They opened his Bible, and there on one of the pages of the Bible, he had written this. No reserves. No retreats. No regrets. With this I close. You know one of the fears of my life? To meet God and regret. 
with all that I've been given, with all the opportunity and privilege that he's allowed to have not used what God put in my hands for God's service. When Borden got there, oh, it wasn't the end anybody had expected. It, it wasn't played out the way he would have wanted it to play out, I'm sure. But when he stood before his Savior, there was no sense of regret in his life. And may God grant to each and every one of us that when we stand before the Lord and we account for all that he has given us, that we have been wise stewards who have used to the most what he has given to us to be used for him. The songwriter put it this way. By and by, when I look on his face, beautiful face, thorn-shadowed face, by and by, when I look on his face, I'll wish I had given him more, more, so much more, more of my life than I e'er gave before. By and by, when I look on his face, I'll wish I had given him more. And you know, not one person will stand before God and say, and I regret going to that missions conference. Whew, I regret sitting through all those services. But there will be some that would wish they'd have gone. Did you know that none of these missionaries will look into the face of God and say, I regret that you called me to that place. And I, I regret my obedience and, and my kids didn't have Xbox. Did you know that no one will regret missing that vacation? No one will regret... Man, I'm telling you, Brother Perkins was talking about tools and I have a great need for a tool. And I love good tools. I need a red Corvette. <laughs> I will never have a red Corvette, and, and I won't regret that when I stand before the Lord. I will say thanks for that 2016 Corolla that gets 42 miles to the gallon. <laughs> Folks, this is an important moment in our lives where we make a decision about this three-foot world around us. And am I willing to sacrifice? Am I going to be like all those that preceded that little widow and give out of my abundance? Can I translate that for you? What's comfortable to give, what's convenient to give, what I really won't miss, what won't impact anything that I love and like to do in my life? 
Or will I be like that widow who says, you know, I can trust the Lord with this and give it all. This is that moment in our lives. And my prayer for all of us is that we see the example of his sacrificial giving and we allow the Holy Spirit to let us live beyond our measure. Help us to see a need beyond our little life and help us to give sacrificially so that these who can go in our place can live beyond their means. Help us to see it. Father, we thank you for these few moments you've given us and we pray for your blessing now. This is an important time in our lives. and Lord, I pray that each and every person just now would wrestle in their heart. Am I doing what is easy? Or am I looking up and seeing the need of a world and willing to sacrifice? Oh, I trust you. You'll provide my needs. But you'll even make me sufficient to do what I promise to give. But Lord, may my spirit not be one of comfort and ease. May I never be complacent. But may I have the spirit of going still further still more. Help me to live beyond. There may be those who are here today that don't know Christ as your Savior. And my prayer for you is, is that God speaks into your heart your great need because the Lord Jesus came and died in your place. If you would come in just a moment, there would be those who could help you from the Word of God and show you how you could be saved. But if you're here this morning, maybe you need a moment to say, Lord, I, I kind of made the decision about what I'm going to give without really causing myself to determine was I being sacrificial. I just made an easy decision. And I want to spend a few minutes with you just seeking your heart. If I can pray with you this morning, I wouldn't come to your seat, wouldn't call your name, but by an uplifted hand, if you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, in these quiet moments right now, I'm asking the Lord, will you help me go still further in my giving? Maybe God's calling you to a field, but just by an uplifted hand, you'd say, Preacher, would you pray with me? God's dealing with me. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands. God bless you. This is an important moment. Father, you've seen hearts, you've seen the fields, and you know the urgency. So help us, Lord, to have the Spirit of Jesus that is willing to give of ourselves for the sake of others, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241.
we encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.